Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. Dating is a world I'm a little lost in, if I'm honest. I have the most basic answers to the most complicated questions. So I've brought in some people who can speak to it with a whole lot more wisdom than I can. Over the next two weeks, we'll focus on the world of dating. And today, we're hearing from Sarah Kane. I met Sarah when she first moved to Knoxville for college and knew from the start she was pretty great. She speaks with a whole lot of honesty and is so open about some of the hardest seasons of her life like how she knew when to walk away, even if it made no sense to anyone else. Here's No One Told Me When to Walk Away. First, uh, I just want to introduce everyone to my friend Sarah. So she um, shared a little bit of her story with me right when we launched the podcast. And I thought, this stuff's too good to not actually do an episode about. And we got a ton of great feedback on it as well. So she's with us today. Um, And Sarah, first, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, just give us an idea of who you are, what you love, all that kind of thing. Okay. It feels like an interview, real interview questions. I know. (laughs) You might get a job at the end of this. I can't be sure, but we'll see where we land. Okay. So um, my name's Sarah. I just turned 25 a couple days ago. Whoop, whoop. Love birthdays. Um, I am somewhat newly married. You, um, I say you're still newly yes, with. That's it's fair. Under a year. So my husband Andrew and I have been married for a little over eight months. Um, I work at UT. We actually both work at UT. That's where we met. That's so great. Yeah. So go balls. Love that. Do y'all drive to work together in the we mornings? We do sometimes. So he is like, he Andrew is not a morning person at all. I can't relate because I'm 100. percent pop out of bed. Let's go do something. Oh, that's how I, so I'm a morning person. So it's always funny because I'm like ready to go for, ready to go to work as he's like, just getting barely up. getting coffee into his system. So some days he's like kind of ready to go and I can wait a minute and we can ride together. And some days I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't have time for I'm this. Out. <laughs> I'm out. You don't have clothes on yet and I got to leave. So it, it just depends, but we do, we just try to carpool, save that, save that gas money. I love it. Um, but yeah, I work at UT graduated from UT. I do event coordinating um, in the same office that I worked for as a student. So I love when that, that's what happened to me is I interned and then got hired on and it was just the best because you already know and love the people. Yes. It's, it's been awesome. It's super fun. Almost, I was a tour guide at UT. That's how I started working in that office. So I feel like I'm just like a professional tour guide now. So it's fun. You, I know you work out outdoors, family, all that yes. kind of stuff is your jam, right? Yes, all of that. I love to work out. Um, I always feel bad when someone's like, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, I work out. <laughs> because it's the worst. Like, know, people are like, like, that's it? Yeah, I know. But that really is what I choose to fill my free time with. Mm-hmm. It's a huge stress reliever for me. Um, 
and I, I mean, I grew up playing sports and just being active. My whole family loves like playing sports, watching sports, all the sports things. Um, so I do love to work out and love being outside. Um, Andrew is even bigger on that than I am. So he like gets me outside even, even more than I would. What on do y'all do? Just take walks? Go or? hiking, mm-hmm. take walks. We live in West Knoxville. So we love to go to Lakeshore Park. I love that park. Yes. So there's much. always so many dogs. So Ryan and I just got into hiking last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I call um, our garage Hobby Town because Ryan just really loves hobbies. Yes. And so one his hobby last year was hiking, which I loved. Yeah. And so we were um, on a trail one day, and this is the difference between Ryan and I, is um, he had a, tra- a plan for our hiking trail. Like he knew where we were going. And we came to a sign, and it gave us options which way, which to go. And it said South Loop. I thought, that's kind of awesome. You know, just bring us back around. So I'm like, we'll go this way. He's like, this is not what I planned. I was like, it's fine. It'll be great. So I had Hagen. He was only like four months old mm-hmm. on my back, like mm-hmm. on a backpack thing. And we're walking, and two hours later, we are still on this stupid trail. <laughs> and it's not looping around anywhere. We don't know where we are. Where's and so I have to pull Hagen out of this backpack. I'm nursing him in the middle of the trail. No, because, no. He, yes, I promise you, <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't. Ryan was like, what are you going to do if someone comes? I was like, I don't know. Our child's hungry. I don't. This is the wilderness and this I'm is, making do. Exactly. Is this is what I have to do. But eventually we found a road. I'm not kidding. We found a road and we stood on the side of the road. Had to call my mom. Oh no. To come pick us up. She just had to drive down that road until she found us. And then we just got in and drove to Andrew our Andrew would thrive in that situation. He would be like, I'm in the wilderness and I'm going to, f- I'm going to find my way. Yes. And it's, it's going to be great. So, no, he, he I, loves that. I think Hagen's going to have trust issues because be for fun. like a, for an hour, we kept saying, almost there, buddy. We're almost to the car. We have no like, idea nope. where we were. I truly believe he's never going to trust us again. Oh my but, gosh. So today our topic is going to be dating. And here's the thing about all of it is I don't have a ton of experience in that department, um, but I know there are people in my life who do and can speak some wisdom into it. And so that's mm-hmm. why I asked you to kind of jump on here. And let's just start kind of with a softball question is what was your dating life like? I think that is kind of a funny question. And the first thing I think of is if my mom listens to this, shout out Mona, she will start cracking up because she's told people my whole life that I loved boys since I came out of the crib. Um, And I guess that sounds awful, but it was true. I just like, I loved boys in like preschool. I have a brother who's three years older than me. So I was grew up, you know, making like googly eyes at all of his best friends. And I also just like had a lot of guy friends growing up. And I just, I love romance and I love Mm -hmm. love. And that was always a desire of my heart was to be a wife and a mom. And I wanted a marriage like my mom and dad. So, um, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to say I dated a lot, but it was something that I was always like, I guess, conscious of. Mm -hmm. But when I think about my actual dating life, there are really only a couple of like real relationships that I look back on as like serious relationships that I had. Um, And one of them was through high school. One of them was through college. And then of course my now husband. So so you were committed for long-term relationships. Yeah. Is I, what you're telling yeah, me. I feel like I was. Now, <laughs> I will say, those are like the ones I think of as like serious parts of my, mm-hmm. I guess, dating journey mm-hmm. or my dating experience. There were guys who I dated in between, like not long-term yeah. and went on a couple of dating, like really funny dates. I could tell you a lot of really awful stories. Definitely picked <laughs> some guys who were like not winners. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I... I took dating pretty seriously. Yeah. So. Well, that makes me wonder too, is how did you navigate dating just for fun mm-hmm. 
and dating with a purpose. Yeah. So I guess because of that, just the fact that I always took it pretty seriously and it was, sounds weird to say like a goal of mine, but it was, like I said, a desire of my heart to have, um, a relationship built on Jesus and a marriage. I say that like my mom and dad's, um, and just mirroring strong relationships that I saw Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, so I, I feel like I was pretty good about being purposeful and intentional in my dating life. Um, Dating for fun to me was a scary thing. Yes. Um, and I've had that conversation, I think, with friends as I've I've gotten older of they are coming out of serious relationships and they're like, you know what? Like that was a lot. That was emotionally taxing. And now I think maybe I'll just like date around and kind of date for fun. But to me, there was a danger in that of opening my heart up to somebody who long term I knew shouldn't be that big of a priority to Mm -hmm. me. So like jumping into what I could have seen as like a casual relationship with someone who I already knew didn't have the priorities or the relationship with Jesus that I wanted in a husband. So I'm not going to say that I didn't go on, you know, a couple dates for fun Mm -hmm. or, um, like I said, I can look back and definitely say I went on some dates with guys who maybe I shouldn't have. need to back out of that real quick. Yeah, real quick. Um, but for the most part, I I feel like the like I said the relationship relationships I look back on and think like that those were the kind of core parts of my dating experience they were very purposeful and very intentional because I did feel like I was dating to get married and dating to find my husband so and that's kind of the hard part is and I've had people ask me this and again I'm not the expert or resident uh, dating coach but the thing that I feel like I would struggle with the most is. You want to, in those moments of loneliness, and someone shows interest in you, and you're trying to get to know them, Mm -hmm. so you're going on these dates, and you don't really know if it's going to be anything, and so, but you're still putting all this pressure on, is he the one? Mm -hmm. Do I keep dating him? But you're also trying to figure out, well, is he? I mean, I'm going to have to get to know him, so we have to hang out here and there. So what's the difference in dating someone just... Is it? Do you even call it dates if you're just hanging out and talking about? Is that is talking still a yeah. thing that people so, call it? I mean, I'm so out of the loop. No, I know. So I do. I feel like I. So I'm 25. I feel like I went through my dating life or my season of dating in that awkward time of like you're talking to someone and then you're dating. I can remember in high school telling my mom that like, oh, well, we're not dating. We're just kind of talking. Right, and I just had this conversation. Yeah. When we used to say that all the time and it yeah. made sense. To, I mean, it was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. And I used to compare it to, or like we would say, we're going out. And I used to compare it like, in my parents' time, it was like, you're going with somebody. Yeah. So there's the whole, like, we're kind of talking and then we're kind of texting and then we're actually like boyfriend and girlfriend, but apparently there has to be a conversation to like establish that. And we'll, we'll talk about all this a little bit later on, I think, but those were some of the big differences with dating my now husband Mm -hmm. is there were no games. And I feel like a lot of those things are a big game. Like when you're dating, you don't feel like you can be the first one to text them after you go on that first or second mm-hmm. date. And you're waiting mm-hmm. around to think, are they are they going to text me first? Are they waiting for me to text them? And, um, you know, like that first date wasn't that great, but I should really go on a second one to give them a second chance. And everyone wants there to be like an exact science to mm-hmm. it, but there's not. Well, <laughs> and it's just hard because 
everyone likes to be liked. Yes. You know, like you like. Oh, yeah. At the core of yourself, it's not that you're shallow or that everyone just likes to be liked. Mm -hmm. And so when someone shows interest in you, it amazes me what we're willing to take. Yeah. Because they are showing interest. Yes. So we will, all any standards we had slowly start to lower because we're like, well, they're interested. No one else has been. Don't want to lose this option. Absolutely. And even though, even if you're saying it's just casual and we're just talking, I feel like what I've seen in the lives of friends is the longer it goes, the more of yourself you are giving, even if you don't mean to. Yes, you are absolutely investing yourself. And that that makes me think specifically of, I wouldn't call it a like relationship necessarily, but someone who I dated before I met my husband um, of just like, kind of just what you said, like, well, no one else is interested, but this person is showing a little bit of interest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they check a couple of boxes here and there. So close enough. It's close enough. Exactly. And I think that is, it's just something that you kind of have to commit to yourself. Like, okay, this person may be checking a couple of boxes, but is this actually what I would want my husband to look like? Is this Mm -hmm. what I would want a marriage to look like? And a lot of times people, especially like if you're dating in high school or you're in college, people will probably look at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. If you're, if someone comes up and says like, well, you all broke up or you ended things with them, but that's a good, that's a good guy or she's a good gal. Like what Mm -hmm. happened? And you tell them like, well, I just didn't think I could marry them. People may look at you like you're crazy, but Mm -hmm. for me, that was like, that was the question I had to answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, if the answer was no, like, I don't, I don't think that the Lord put that person in my life as my husband, then, you know, you have to make that, make that decision to walk away. So how do you, you know, we talked about it for a second, but how do you balance putting so much pressure on a relationship, Mm -hmm. but also waiting and seeing where it goes, like without, all of the pressure of, are you the one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't think that everyone meets their one, like their person and immediately knows that it's them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had, now for me, it was a little different, but I've had friends who the person they're married to, like, they'll tell you they had to kind of like warm up to them. And I think it looks different for, for everybody. I think that for some people, like your friends first and you build that relationship and you really get to know them. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, it's just a process of getting to that point where there's, you know, romantic interest and you mm-hmm. realize that your priorities align and your paths are kind of starting to align and that affection for one another and the feelings grow and progr- and progress. Um, and I think with that, it's, it's not as, it's a little easier to not put as much pressure on mm-hmm. it because you're, you're already friends and yeah. it kind of is going to be what it is. Um, and then like, for example, with my husband and I, we did have, a, we felt like we had a lot of pressure in our relationship because mm-hmm. we were just the circumstances we were in. And we kind of felt like we're at the points point in our lives where if we're going to, if we're going to date and we're going to commit to this relationship, we're going to figure out pretty quick if this is it or not. Mm-hmm. And we did. And that may have just been us. Um, but yeah, sometimes that's that's really hard to navigate yeah. of like, okay, well, can I just f- spend some time getting to know this person or like, oh my gosh, we're going on a first date. Especially once you're at a college. I know. Yeah. I feel like once you're at a college and you have people breathing down your neck mm-hmm. about when you're going to get married, you're like, okay, everyone is a potential. Like yeah, all of you, you. You feel like you're on a time crunch 
and you're so not. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically think about um, a couple of people in my life who are a few years older than me. And I know that they're at a point where they want to meet their spouse and they, um, that's a struggle. And I feel like, I mean, that was just God's plan for me. I got married fairly young. I was 24 when I got married. Um, but even, I just think of like the few years out of college, I felt like I was in that place of just being like, I'm, I'm ready. Like just talking to the Lord and Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, God, like, you know, a couple failed relationships, but like whenever you could just like drop my husband right in front of me, that would be ideal. Um, but it, everyone's, you know, dating journey looks different. And for some people it's going to happen when you're in your twenties. And for some people it's going to happen when you're in your forties or Mm fifties. Like it, there's not, like I said, a perfect, um, like a process or, um, a plan for it. It's just, it's different for everybody. It's kind of crazy how we'll trust God's faithfulness in so many areas, Mm -hmm. but the ones who are some of the areas that are closest to us that could cause us the most pain, or we feel like we have to continue to control them. Yes, And that's not even just with dating. I think that's in every mm-hmm. area of life, whether it's job or health or, you know, whatever the circumstance, mm-hmm. it's like we pick and choose where we're going to trust God's faithfulness. Oh, at, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, and I think too, with dating, it's hard because sometimes we feel like we have control over that. Like we want to go out and look for someone to date or especially when you're in that awkward, like, well, I just graduated college and now I'm working full time how am I supposed to meet people? Like I struggled with that, even just trying to meet friends, not trying to meet a guy, but just trying, it's harder to meet people in certain seasons of your life. And you feel like you, you kind of feel like, well, I have to do what I can. Like I need to get on a dating app to meet somebody, or I need to like go to this place to meet somebody. And I don't necessarily think they're, that those things are bad. Um, I just think that as is in all things, there are only so, there's only so much that you can do. And ultimately, as much as that stinks to hear, it really is kind of out of your control. And if you're a believer, you can, you can kind of just rest in that, that the Lord has, it's in his plan Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. But that's so hard. It still stinks. (laughs) It stinks. Uh, And no one wants to hear it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to hear that. Mm -hmm. But it's the truth. And I think about Andrew. He was 30 when we got married. And I think for a lot of people who maybe are listening to this and they're in their 30s and they're still dating and you're like, well, maybe it's just not going to happen for me. That's not necessarily the case. That's not always the case. So one of the biggest parts of your story is um, a big relationship that you were in. And I want to jump into that next after we take just a little bit of a break. So Sarah, you were one of the first people to write a No One Told Me blog. And I honestly just said, hey, pick a moment in your life and write about it. And when I read it, I thought, oh, shoot, this is great. (laughs) Like, it's one of those things that I know happens to a lot of girls specifically, but no one really talks about it that much. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how a lot of women end up in relationships they really shouldn't be in. So mm-hmm. um, you were in a very long-term relationship. You walked away from it. It was pretty serious. How much doubt did you have? How did you even prepare for that conversation? Just give us a little bit of backstory to it. Okay. So the backstory is um, I started dating a guy my freshman year of college and we dated until right before our senior year. Um, It was 
very much moving toward marriage, had had that conversation of, you know, like I'll probably propose at graduation and, or around that time and so on and so forth. And so, um, about a year before we ended up breaking things off, I really started to struggle with some doubt, a lot of doubt. And I kind of tried to have a conversation about it kind of one of those conversations where you go into it thinking I need to break this off Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily follow through with exactly what you were going to do. Talk yourself out of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I do feel like looking back on that conversation, I didn't get talked out of it. I talked myself out of it Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to blame the other person and say like, well, I was going to end things, but they, they talked me out of it. And here I am. I'm back where I needed to be. How long had y'all been dating at that point? So at that point we had been dating for about two years. Okay. Yeah. About two years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Invested for sure. This was without a doubt, like the most serious relationship I'd been in. And you know, you're in college, so you're on your own Mm -hmm. for your first time. And, um, yeah, definitely serious relationship. And I'll also, just say like great 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 guy to this day have nothing bad at all to say about him no bad blood anything like that which made it even harder yes that is because everything on paper made sense oh all the boxes were checked um that's I think what made the entire situation different and honestly that is that's why I would consider it my no one told me moment is because since I've gone through all this. I've seen so many other girls walk mm-hmm. through the same thing. This, I guess, the situation where you're in a relationship and all the boxes are checked and everything looks great and the person you're in a relationship with hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You just know that it's not right. So I think that's what causes the doubt is you you don't feel like you're in it anymore. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you maybe love this person as much as you should, but you don't have anything to point to. Yes, as to why. As to why. And that's everyone's first question when you talk to them about it. Exactly. And it's, well, what happened? What did they do? Nothing. For me, it was that I just, I had no peace about being in this relationship anymore. But at the same time, I didn't have a peace about ending it either. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. So tried to kind of have a conversation to break things off and it ended up not happening. And these conversations didn't come back up again for another year. So did he know in these conversations that you were leaning toward that or... Yeah, I'm just a little bit curious how that yes. conversation went. He wasn't like, what? Exactly. I mean, I feel like I'd be questioned. If I was yes. him, I'd be like, the, are we, we should probably be done. If, yes. You know? Absolutely. So the first conversation that we had, so at this point, this is like two years in, um, I think we left that conversation saying, okay, well, here are some things we can work on and hopefully things get better. Let's make it better. Okay. Exactly. And for him, I think that was an answer to why we were talking about this and why I was feeling the way that I was. And for me, I knew that these weren't things that were going to get fixed, mm-hmm. but I was like slapping a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, again, like he's a great guy and there's no reason for me to feel this way. And maybe it's something that's wrong with me. Yeah, And I'm just going to like Kind of it's a safe relationship. Yes, it, absolutely. You know, like everything else is healthy about it. Even like, I mean, safe relationship, glorifying to God in the sense of like, this is like, this guy loves Jesus and we go to church together. And like I said, check all those boxes that for me meant so, so much. But in my heart, I just knew mm-hmm. there's something that's not right. So I basically buried those feelings for a year. And honestly, a lot of that year was like perfectly happy because mm-hmm. again, safe relationship. Um, So 
happy to an extent. And then the further along that it went just became absolutely miserable Yeah, and felt guilty because I knew he could feel it. Um, you knew what you were supposed to do. I knew. Yes. I know in those scenarios for me, when I lay down in bed at night, that's when all the thoughts come. Yes. You know, like absolutely this, it's like God, that's this quiet time when right. God's like, okay, you're still not doing what I'm asking you to do. Exactly. So I'm going to bring it up again. And it's just that restlessness. Mm -hmm. Restlessness and just a lack of peace are the best ways that I know how to describe that time. Because for me, I felt like, I felt like I had never prayed for anything so much in my life mm -hmm. as far as, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Clarity, discernment, exactly. all those big words. I don't feel like I have a piece about being in this relationship. I don't necessarily feel like I have a piece about ending it. What do I do? And I remember very clear, clearly, I remember talking to my friend Rebecca, and I don't even know if she would remember saying this to me, but I said, I feel like I need a neon sign. Like I need the mm -hmm. Lord to basically like make me fall on my face and say, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And she just looked at me and said, then that's what you need to pray for. And I thought, well, duh. Like, yeah. why haven't I just like been, I needed to get raw and real mm -hmm. in my prayers and just say, Lord, you have to tell me exactly what to do. And I finally got to the point, like you said, like laying in bed one night, I remember being in the shower in my college apartment and the Lord just hitting me and saying, Sarah, this restlessness and this lack of peace is me telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And I just remember having this thought of like, my God is not a God of confusion and I feel so confused. And that's when I knew. And so the next day, um, the guy who I was dating was actually moving back to Knoxville. He went to UT as well. Um, and I went and helped him move into his apartment. He was going to be living in senior year. And we broke up then and there. Yeah. And it was so hard. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people talk about doing these hard things mm -hmm. and think immediately there's peace. Like immediately you're settled right. and everything's fine and good. And that's not always the case. No. Like you can know you did the right thing, but it doesn't mean it's going to feel great while exactly. you're doing it. So what were the days and weeks after? I mean, this was what, a three-year, four-year long relationship? Yeah, it was... Like right at three years. Yeah. And it was also almost my entire college experience. Mm -hmm. So um, that was something I was kind of, that, that was just hard too, to know that like all of my college memories were going to have this person in them mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. But I remember, well, first and foremost, that conversation was one of the hardest things I've ever done because you're having to look at someone and say, this is not it. This is not. And I can't really tell you why. That was the hardest yeah. part. Like I, because of course he wants to know like, well, what did I do? And I remember him bringing up things like, well, I know I did this or I know I did that or I could do this or that better. And I'm just having to say, you didn't, you did not do anything mm -hmm. wrong at all. If you get one thing out of this conversation, just know you didn't do anything. You've been so great to me and treated me like a princess and it, you've been such a great partner, mm -hmm. but this is just not it. Um, and that was so, so hard. And I I had obviously been struggling with this for a long time, sure. off and on for a year. Um, so I feel like I had processed a lot of it before that conversation because I, I was a little bit surprised how relieved I was after the conversation. I was incredibly relieved. Yeah. And I did have a sense of peace yeah. after that conversation. Like I very much felt like that was the step that the Lord was mm -hmm. having me take. But at the same time, 
this, like the severing of the relationship is the hardest part and the like ending of the communication and not having that person there with you all the time. It's the emotional side of it. I think it's the emotions that keep us from obedience. And then it's the emotions that keep us sometimes from the relief and the constant peace of obedience. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people second guess themselves. Yes. This is a practical piece of dating advice I would give. When you enter a relationship, break off communication. And I can see so many of my close girlfriends Mm -hmm. like shaking their heads at me because I've tried to preach this to them so much. But if you know that taking that step of ending a relationship and walking away is what the Lord is calling you to do, you have to be confident in that and you can't fully step away from it if you're still talking to that person every mm-hmm. single day or you're mm-hmm. spending time with them every single day, it's just not, it's not healthy. Um, and it's so much easier to just fall back into that routine because you have that routine of being with them every day and hanging out with their friend group. You know, I lost yes. a lot of friends mm-hmm. through the ending of that relationship and that was really hard, but I would, I would go through all of that again if I knew that Andrew, my now husband was the prize at the end of yes. it, you know, mm-hmm. it was just the right, the right thing to do. So talking about Andrew, I would love to jump into next, um, how you met him. And we'll talk a little bit about how, what the differences were between your all's relationships and relationship, like you had multiple relationships <laughs> between the two of you and, uh, the one that you broke off. So we're going to jump into that next. Have you heard about Fit by No One Told Me Yet? Listen, if you haven't, you have got to be a part of it. This is our opportunity to take No One Told Me and make it into a community that's going to thrive on accountability. What's it going to look like? Once a week, we're going to get together, hang out a little bit, and do a workout all in one night. And then we'll leave there with a handful of other workouts to do throughout the week. And we will have the freedom to check in on each other throughout the weeks too. So if this is something you want to be a part of, where we are going to value community over competition, make sure you jump over to noonetoldmepodcast.com to sign up for this free boot camp. All right, so let's um, jump into Andrew, your Yay! relationship with him. We know a little bit about him, that y'all have been married, what, eight months now? Yes. Um, he's 30, 31, whatever. Mm-hmm. He was 30 when y'all met. Yes, he's, he's 31, 31 So just now. tell us all about how y'all met um, and what your relationship was like as you got to know each other. Okay, so Andrew is from Murray, Kentucky. Um, he went to Murray State, grew up in Murray, Kentucky, but grew up as a University of Tennessee fan. He grew up with his grandparents, bringing him to the Smokies and fell in love with UT. So he like followed UT football, loved this area, blah, blah, blah. So um, spent the vast majority of his life in Murray and a job opened at UT dream job for him and he moved to Knoxville. So he started working in the office that I work in now um, about three months before I did. So we met in that office at UT. Um, all my, if anyone knows anything about me, it's that I have like an obsession with redheads. So love your hair. Um, <laughs> I, st- I stand by it. I'm not full on redhead. It's I, the best. I stand by that. Oh, he says that too. He's like, I'm not, he's like a redhead is like carrot top. And yeah, that is not what and I And that am. is not me. So but in certain light, enough. maybe. Well, that's what I told him. I was like, it was close enough for me, for me to like see you yes, walk by my I desk. Yes, I check that off. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So he, um, well, I guess I should say I worked in this office as a student. So I knew pretty much everybody in that office 
already. Um, and he walked by my desk one day and I thought, I don't, I don't know that one. I would know you. <laughs> I don't know him. Um, so we started off as just like friends getting to know each other because I mean, I was just starting my first full-time job. He had just moved here from a new city and we were just honestly blessed with some really good friends in that office and a good friend group at work. So our entire like friendship was hanging out in groups with other people and really just like getting to know each other. And there is um, like a whole lot of other like I guess, circumstances and things that happened to make the stars align for Andrew and I to express that we were interested in each other. But that happened a little while later. Um, so we had been friends for a while. And then long story short, we basically end up like sitting down and having this conversation saying, I don't, I don't know how you feel about me, but I just want to let you know. That's when you know you're an adult. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> when you know you're dating as an adult. Yes, absolutely. And he said, I don't know if, you know, you know this, but this is how I feel. And I just want you to know. Um, and I, I don't, I probably haven't told you this. I didn't tell Andrew that I was going to like express this side of our whatever, but this Surprise. is our, this is our story. So Andrew was engaged when I first met him. Really? Not to me. Um, and that played. Thanks for that clarifying <laughs> not to detail. Me. So he was engaged when I first met him, um, a relationship he had been in like at home and, um, obviously broke things off and I didn't know anything about that whole side of the story when he was, you know, expressing all these things yeah. to me. So all that to say, I mentioned earlier that we had, we felt some pressure in our relationship instantly um, because he had just broken things off yeah, and it really didn't have anything to do with me at all. It was just that other things weren't right. But now we're both in this situation of like, I know he's obviously, re he was ready for marriage. Like, in the sense of his life is in a place where he can take those steps. And like I said, I've always been very intentional and purposeful with my dating relationships. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty much look, looking at each other like, okay, if we're going to do this, like it's either going to like crash and burn or it's going to, we're probably going to get married. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of, we still to this day, like say that we're crazy, but we knew pretty quickly that we were the one this for each other. This somewhere. is it. This is going mm -hmm. somewhere um, for sure. So we felt really, really confident in that. And to you said, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you, but right. I just thought about something. You said that you had great friend, a friend group that you both were a part of. And this made me think of the relationship that you broke off. And I'm sure your friends in that scenario said, this is great. Like, stay. <laughs> so when do you know, you know, like, yeah, how do you decipher between, you know, the wisdom and good advice? We, we even did an episode about trusting good advice. Like, how did you tell your friends, I know he's good, but I need you to support me through this. This is, yes, I can relate this like back to that relationship that ended and also to my relationship with Andrew. So when I broke things off with the guy I dated through college, my friends definitely thought I was crazy. Yeah. I mean, my close friends who I automatically think of like my two best, best, best girlfriends, they could see in me that I was restless and not at peace. Um, and at first, I think they they kind of tried to get to the bottom of like what was going on. And when they realized that there wasn't an answer, there wasn't something he did wrong, it was just not right, they were fully supportive. Mm -hmm. Even my parents, like they loved this guy. And, you know, they were seeing a guy treat their little girl really, really well. So when <laughs> when we broke things off, my parents were like, 
Yes. They questioned. They and definitely you're, questioned it. You're a two. So you a oh, you're yeah. an Enneagram two. So you're aiming to please. Yes. At all times. I am a people pleaser to the core. Yes. To the core. So that hurt, but coming full circle. When my parents and my best friends met Andrew, their first response was like, this is why you had to end that relationship. Like, this is, this is it. Um, and another side of that is like, I remember calling my two best girlfriends and even having the conversation with my mom and saying like, there's this new guy in my life and here's all the things you need to know about him. And like I said, he had been in a past very, very serious relationship. So immediately they're questioning. And um, a lot of my best girlfriends don't live in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. So Andrew and I dated for a while before they even got to meet him. And I very vividly remember, obviously the first time my parents met him, they knew instantly, like, this is something different. This is something really good. Yeah. And then I remember one of my best friends coming and spending a weekend with me at um, two of my best friends, actually, for a UT game. And it was the first time they were going to meet Andrew. And I thought, Lord, please just let them see in him and in us what we know is there. Like, just affirm affirm this. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, I'm a two. I'm a people pleaser. And I'm very, like, relational relationships and friendships mean everything in the world to me. So to have their support was going to be everything. And that to this day is like one of the best days, some of the best memories that I have of mine and Andrew's dating relationship, because that day I'm pretty sure my friends like picked Andrew over me. (laughs) They were like, okay, Sarah, like you don't have to hang out with us today, but we want, we want to hang out with Andrew and they just loved him. And they just, they saw that it was different. Mm -hmm. So how did you know for sure? So you knew not for sure yes. previously. So how did you know, okay, this is right? Weren't you a little scared that it was going to happen again? That all oh, of a sudden yeah. you're going to go deep into this relationship and then be like, nope, this isn't right mm-hmm. either. I was scared. Andrew was more scared. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, he tells people that I like made him lose 30 pounds. Because I think <laughs> we both were scared that we mm-hmm. were getting into a relationship that, again, was going to crash and burn and, and that it was going to leave scars and be painful. And um, I... <laughs> another piece of advice that no one in their twenties that's dating likes to hear is that like, when you know, you know, and I knew and so did Andrew. But the way that I knew was honestly, I didn't have that restlessness anymore. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think that that is because I'm a believer and I have a relationship with Jesus. Um, I, think there, I mean, there are multiple times through my day and through my life where I think, I don't know how anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus and doesn't have a relationship with Jesus gets through this. Um, because if I didn't have that peace and that sense of just like, this is what the Lord has for me. Um, I, I don't know that I would have known. I think I would have been maybe guessing, but I just had a sense of peace. And then it does come down to like practical things. We wanted the same things and we were on the same page as far as like, we were, we were both ready to get married. Um, our, I mean, our values align, our morals align, ultimately just what we want out of life aligns. We, again, this is cheesy, but we just became each other's best friends so, so fast. And, dating him was not like dating anyone I ever had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember like the first couple of months of us getting to know each other. We lived in like a really teeny tiny one bedroom apartment in downtown Knoxville. And I can remember us sitting on his couch for hours and just looking at each other and talking to each other. Yeah. And every few minutes we would look at each other and say like, are, 
are we crazy? Like, is this okay? It, it hasn't really been that long. Are we, is it okay that we're having these conversations so soon? And we finally kind of just took it and ran with it. And we yeah. thought, you know, this is us. And this is how, um, this is how our relationship is going to go for us. So, how long did you all date? Oh my got gosh. Married? We dated. So we started dating early May. We were engaged December the 9th and married July the 14th. So we did not I, date long at all. <laughs> I love it so much just yeah. because, and that's even for engagements. That's the bet. Like, Yes. Ryan and I had to wait a little over a year mm-hmm. because he had to finish school. Mm-hmm. But I just remember anyone who asked me, I'm just like, just don't wait forever for your wedding. No. Like, and, and we didn't want on to. On your wedding day, you're going to get married. Yeah. By the end of the day, you're going to be married. Yes. So, all future brides, listen to this. Don't so, stress. <laughs> I know. It's just, it was, I look back and I'm, I was not a stressed out bride to begin yeah. with. I let my mom carry that load. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> but it's just by the end of the day, you're going to be married yeah, and you're going to get to go away with your best friend. Yes. And no one, I, I stand by this. This is the only week in your life that no one tries to contact you. Nobody. Yes. No one from work, no one from your family, none of your friends. It's like they know. I'm not even going to try. Don't, I don't bother need, them. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. you might go on vacations in the future. You might go on maternity leave in the future. Let me yep. tell you something. You are still going to get texts, phone calls, everything the whole time. Exactly. But it was like, I, towards the end of the week, I remember saying to Ron, does anyone care if we're alive or not? Honestly. Because <laughs> we've not heard from anyone. Yeah. But it was kind of awesome. It was so great. But, and our, um, I guess like the quickness, how fast our relationship progressed, whatever, Um obviously you don't like know what's going to happen when you meet your future spouse and what that dating relationship is going to look like. But my parents were that way. And it's been a joke like within my entire life, like they dated for four months and got engaged. And I've always said to them, if I ever, if I ever did that, you would Mm -hmm. kill me. (laughs) Like you would think I was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, there um, you go. Yeah, it happened <laughs> pretty much. And Jeff and Mona were um, honestly on board. They just they, had to get in the boat. They got in the boat. They were team Andrew from the beginning. <laughs> so it worked out. So for people living in the dating world right now, what's some of your best advice for them? I'm sure that the minute I say this, everybody who is dating right now will roll their eyes. But my best piece of advice is do not settle. And I don't before you before you get mad about it. Here <laughs> before you out. get mad, listen to me. So people tell you that your entire life. I mean, my mother has preached that to me over and over again since I was old enough to go on like a car date with a guy. Like, just do not settle. And obviously, this goes for men and women out there um, who are dating. But I think a lot of times people here do not settle, and they immediately have this picture in their mind of dating someone who is like a horrible person or, you know, something to an extreme, like they have a serious issue in their life and, um, you know, don't settle for the bad guy or whatever, but it's not always that obvious. And for me, it, it was not obvious at all. Um, to me, I could have very easily settled for a relationship with a really, really, really great guy who was not the right guy. Um, and I had to walk away from it, but again, it, I could have settled and still probably could have been like lived a normal life, been well cared for, been in like probably had like a fully functioning family and it it would have been okay, but it would not have been God's plan for my life. Um, and the Lord can redeem things and he is sovereign, but I genuinely think that um, 
that I was supposed to walk away from that relationship and not settle for that. Um, and like I said, coming full circle now being married to my husband, I know that that was something I had to go through. Um, so that's my advice is don't settle. Don't, don't talk yourself out of it. If you know what you need to do, you have to do it. Um, and just because he's a good guy or just because she's a good girl doesn't mean that he's the right guy or she's the right girl. And that is okay. And it's okay. It is okay. Sarah, that's so good. I mean, it's that whole thing, that whole spiel was just so good. And I'm just so thankful that you would jump on here with us because I know there are so many people who see themselves in your story and maybe just didn't know what to do next. So thanks so much for being here. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.